Hey everyone, it's Rich Lombino, therapist and lawyer. Welcome and thanks for joining me. In this podcast, I explore topics for maintaining good mental health through expanding your knowledge, developing insight, and creating and sustaining behavior change with the goal of improving the quality of your personal and professional lives. All right, let's get started. It's important for maintaining wellness and positive mental health to do the things that make us feel good about ourselves and what's going on in our lives. These are typically called coping skills. I'd like to talk about one that many find helpful, journaling. This is a concrete tool that can be used as a coping skill to better manage your mental health. What do I mean by journaling? It's keeping a record of the insight you're gaining, the changes you're working on, the achievements you've made through this process, and keeping the positive change going. For some I've provided therapy to, if they've never journaled, it can be a little uncomfortable, and they might not initially see value in it. If you're feeling apprehensive, let me help you. Release of negative emotions and rational reflection. These are generally the two types of journal entries. The first is a blast of negative emotions to typically stop the cycle referred to as rumination. Just let go with everything you've got going on in your mind. Don't worry about grammar, whether it makes sense, whether you repeat yourself, or whether it flows properly. If you're comfortable, don't censor yourself. The point is to put down everything that's causing you emotional pain. The second type of journaling is reflecting on things when you're not emotional to rationally analyze your progress. It could also be some thoughts you'd like to get down that you think would be helpful to utilize in the future. Tracking progress. When positive change is slow, it can be difficult to track the progress that you've made. Let's take the example of someone who wants to lose 20 pounds over the next year. After a year, the person has achieved the goal, but because the change happened over a long period of time, and the positive change was physical, it could be difficult to see the overall improvement, even if achieving the goal. Now let's say after the weight is lost, the person sees a friend for the first time in a year. That friend would likely react with excitement of what the person did because the friend had the benefit of that gap in time. If this person decided to journal along the way, the person would have a record of the concrete and emotional progress that's happened. In statistics, this is called quantitative data, i.e. numbers, and qualitative data, i.e. anecdotal. Tracking things like the number of pounds lost and sometimes maybe gained back, the emotions of those two scenarios, what the person did to help get through those tough times, among other things. The person can also use numbers on a scale to track mood, anxiety, and other factors. For example, if a rating of 1 is feeling great, 5 is kind of meh, and 10 is poor, the person does this once a week or more, trends can be observed. And with anecdotal data, such as, I feel horrible and guilty today because I gained back 2 pounds, that could explain why that particular day the person put a rating of 8 for mood. Writing or typing. 
Some people prefer to handwrite and others type. One is not necessarily better than the other. It's what works best for you. I'd suggest you try both because you may be surprised that the one you thought you'd prefer is not actually the one you use. Keep or don't keep. I always recommend that people keep the journal content, whether on paper or digitally. As I mentioned earlier, a benefit of this is the ability to track progress. It could be extremely powerful to look back six months and see how much positive development you've accomplished through your hard work. Try it more than once. When trying something new, I always recommend doing it at least a few times. Whether it's meditation, support group, journaling, deep breathing, the first time may be uncomfortable because it's new. But several times in, it may feel right, or it doesn't, and you can move on to something else. For example, if you attend a support group for the first time, and there's someone there monopolizing the conversation and interrupting people, you may think it's like this all the time and not return. The reality could be that person doesn't come back. If you don't try it again, you'd never know that and miss out on something that could be helpful for you. Don't worry about word count. Don't feel like you have to fill an entire page or multiple pages with content. The point is to get out what you need to and not put pressure on yourself to meet some unnecessary ideal. Celebrate. Take the opportunity to celebrate your accomplishments through this process. Journaling can have the effect of making it more real. This will enhance the positive feelings you have for the accomplishment and for yourself. Lastly, keep in mind that you don't have to share your journal with anyone. It could just be for you. So I hope you found this helpful. If you're journaling, continue. If you've done it before, pick it up again. If you've never done it, give it a try. I'm confident it could be a coping skill for you that can be beneficial both personally and professionally. Well, that's it for this podcast episode. Please subscribe, rate, and comment, and share on social media and otherwise. Visit richlombino.com to learn more about my counseling practice, see how to contact me, connect with me on social media, and read my blog and ebooks to learn about other topics. Most importantly, if you or someone you know are looking for more support, I'm here for you. Look forward to you joining me for other podcast episodes. Take care and be well.